What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Lily Talks and Resells. Uh, this is episode number five, and I actually did a little bit of a Q&A on Twitter, and I'm actually going to list the Twitter handles of the people that asked these questions in the description of this podcast episode. And um, yeah, there were just questions regarding uh, the flip life, and I wanted to answer some questions because I'm very terrible with creative, and I, I, I honestly don't really... I have a hard time sometimes creating content for people that, you know, especially for beginner resellers or for people who just want to know what my opinion is on certain um, aspects of flip life. Uh, so, yeah, let's get started. So the first question is from at Flips Martini. Uh, this question um, was for women. What shoe size do you have the most success selling? And I'm going to go ahead and say that usually it's between size 6 and 9 for women. Although I would say my best-selling sizes are size 6, 8, and 8.5. And so those are my three best-selling sizes, but usually 6 to 9, um, maybe sometimes even 10, will sell well. Um, I've noticed uh, size 10 sells well when it comes to Dansko claws, clogs. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, I've noticed that size 10 sells well when it comes to clogs, uh, the Dansko ones, so keep, be on the lookout for those. Uh, the next question comes from at James underscore A underscore T, and he asks, do you shop internationally? And if so, what's your experience on starting to move into that space? Any, if there's any pitfalls? Um, no, at least not consciously. I don't think I've ever shopped internationally. Um, if anything, just when I bought a few things on Wish, on the Wish app, um, I believe they come from, like, China or something. Um, I don't shop internationally, but, um, I will say that perhaps one of the pitfalls is that I've noticed sometimes when, uh, I've looked up, like, to ship internationally sometimes it takes longer than regular shipping to arrive so i guess that could be a pitfall um the next question would be from at examine baseball and he asks what men's clothing should i be looking for at thrift shops they seem to be full of marathon tees and plaid dress shirts so this one um from my own experience, I will say, and I just want to clarify that this is my personal opinion. Um, obviously, everybody's business model is different. And also that what may work for me may not always work for you. So I want to clarify that. But um, in men's clothing, from my experience, what I've had is that normally I tend to gear more towards uh, sweaters, jackets, coats, and pants. Or shorts. Um, I tend to gravitate towards those areas only because I've had my best luck in those areas uh, to find stuff to resell. But one of my tips would be when you look for these items would be to look for anything. Look up comps for anything that is made in Europe. Um, usually European um, clothing sells very well. Um, or if it's vintage that it's made in the US that works as well. Um, and also look for the materials, feel the material. If it feels like it's high quality, usually it is. 
um, and research it. Um, also, I would say materials to look out for would be cashmere and wool, especially merino wool. Um, and yeah, that's usually what I look for. Uh, next question is from at le, like L-E, underscore murloc, M-U-R-L-O-C. Uh, this person asks, what if no one buys this thing? And <clears throat> this one's a bit of a tough question in a way because if no one buys your items, there's two options here. Obviously, if you bought it at a thrift shop, you cannot return it. If you bought it at a store, keep your receipt and um, keep your receipt and go ahead and return it if uh, it's almost reaching the return date and it hasn't sold. Um, but what I would say for uh, items that you've been sitting on them for a while, I would recommend either one of two things. I would recommend first to cross post them on other platforms um, and also do a thing that's called uh, like you refresh your items. So basically what you do when you refresh your items is you um, you remove the listing, right? And then you go into the listing like to edit it and then change like something in the title, you know, take out a word, add a word, something, and then relist the item and it refreshes it in the system. So I think it like triggers the algorithm. I'm not 100% sure on this, but what from my experience is that whenever I do this, I do tend, I have sold like an item or two that are really old that I just refreshed and they sold. Um, this may help you sell the item. And I would say the last resort would be to just auction the item. If you really just want to get rid of it and who cares how much it sells for, like just you want to get rid of it, open up the space, uh, go ahead and auction it. Um, the last question, and this question is from at Ryan Eklund, and this is a three-part question, so I'm going to go ahead and answer each one individually. <clears throat> and his first question is, can you speak on auction versus buy it now on eBay? So I have not personally done auctions. I don't personally like them. Uh, because I haven't really gotten any item that's, like, very valuable that it's like, okay, I can auction this thing, right? Um, I normally tend to go, uh, with Buy It Now, uh, but I do always allow offers on Buy It Now. I don't like to be firm on the price, only because normally I price my items a little higher, um, than what, uh, the market says, maybe 5 to $10, um, only because sometimes I've had the luck, and I've had this luck especially with... Um, I've had this luck, especially with Dansko clogs. I've noticed that the, the market is usually selling them for like 40 to $45. And I always manage to get like 50 and $60 for them, which is above market value, uh, for most of the clogs selling. Uh, but I always tend to get five to $10 more. So, you know, there's that. So I always list a little higher, um, that way I'm taking offers and I'm still making a profit. His second question would be, any guidance on starting price or buy it now price for either approach? Um, which is basically, I kind of just answered that, which is basically I always do buy it now with uh, accepting offers. And I always list 5 to $10 more uh, than what the highest comp that I see and you know sometimes like it'll have the comp where it's like oh it sold for $40 plus $11 in shipping so I always add that so that basically makes 50 so then I'll just list it for like 60. 
Okay, because I personally do, uh, which is the, the third question, which is, do I ever utilize free shipping? Uh, yes, I do do free shipping and I do free returns. Um, if you're just starting out and you don't want to do free returns, I highly recommend accepting returns, but that the buyer pays. Um, uh, but I do do free shipping. Uh, so basically, in order for you to do free shipping, because, I mean, let's be honest, it's not really free. Um what I do is I incorporate it in the price. So if a, if I see a comp, again, for $40 and plus $10 shipping, obviously that's $50. So I'll do $50 and then I'll add another $10 onto that um, as my starting price. And then I'll be willing to take offers going from there. So, yeah. Uh, so this concludes uh, the questions that I received on Twitter. Um, I've seen that more are coming in, so I'll definitely make another episode on that. Uh, but yeah, um, if you guys have any questions, um, again, I'm going to put the, uh, Twitter handles of these people down in the description bar. And also if you have any more questions for me, remember to follow me at Lily Resales on Twitter. And you can always, uh, watch a few of my old episodes on my YouTube channel, which is, uh, Lily Resales as well. I'm actually planning on uploading some new episodes soon. Um, so, um, let me know what you guys think. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys.